Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. A GLT with me, CG, which is a slippery slope to a G&T with me, CG. And we're recording, please. And get quite literally in, we're recording. Welcome to another exciting episode. They're all exciting, but particularly exciting today of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes, the c- podcast that brings you the clearing. It's also a, a place where you get a tree where we get to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. There's some alchemy and some gold, and there's also a cake, which we'll award you with at the end. And as a new strand, and congratulations, you are my first uh, guinea pig, uh, Mr. J. Roderick. Uh, we're going to also link to all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Each man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. So I bid you an extremely warm, warm, warm welcome, <laughs> Mr. J. Roderick, all the way from New York City. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate your wapum welcome. Very nice. Thank you. And what we also, we have working voices in common and very exciting. We're both comedy improvisation performers. You are the president of BizProv. <laughs> yes. How- yes. Salubrious is that. Yes. And you're also in, uh, obviously, my comedy company is called Instant Wit, but you mm-hmm. run Centralia out of New York as well. I definitely don't run it. I've been a member of that collective for many years now, and it's, uh, it's, it's family at this point, as I'm sure Instant Wit is for you. And I love your humility there in, in not letting me make you the sort of <laughs> chief of stuff. I'm the comptroller. I'm the <laughs> chancellor of the exchequer. Yeah. And I'd love to hear how you shape your show because of the pictures I've seen, it always looks wonderfully anarchic and you look a bit men <laughs> if you like, because you're all, you're all suited and booted. And it's, uh, it, it emerged from doing a lot of physical practice 25 years ago with Shira Piven, who is a, a, a from an improv royalty family in Chicago and her family were involved in, the early work of things like Second City and and that community there. And so we did a lot of lifting and throwing and tossing each other and, and just getting sweaty in the context of being in these suits. And so the I think the anarchy comes from our attempted commitment, even in our dotage to, um, assuming we ever get back on stage, to try to physicalize the play as much as possible and not just uh, try to think up jokes or, or 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 games, but to try to be in the moment, in the scene, in the world, and to yes. try to make it acting. You know, it's a lot of fun. And of course, I do short form, which is all about the bish bash bosh, bish bash bosh of the of the of the jokes and the and the format. Which is great. Who we love that. Yeah. So, do you do bits of short form with with formats, or is it just let's just get going and see what happens? Uh, more the latter, but we have plenty of tried and true characters that we've come back to. Uh, this is this isn't so much fun anymore right now this week with everything that's happening in D.C. But we do these, you know, southern uh, senator characters for many years that just to try to play with politics and 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 arrogance and high and low status. And yes. we do tons of gags, many of them really immature and childish. So we're like we're not too good for pie in the face and potty humor and all that stuff too. Lovely. You, I, you, 
I love the cut of your jib. It's, it sounds very, very resonant. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I've got a new jib. And I also love the fact that you're, you know, you wouldn't be a stuffed suit either. You're doing it in suits. And yet, and, and we both do a lot of work stuffed in a suit within the corporate arena. But, but like me, you like to bring energy and dynamism into the corporate arena as well. I, I try to. I think that if, if we're not, if there's not energy in the room or in the room, if there isn't some degree of levity and laughter or surprise, I just feel like why not just email it to everybody and have them read it like an instruction manual. I was Otherwise, ask I, you. I get bored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you. Wonderful stuff. So welcome to the Good Listening To podcast. And That's let's great. get cracking on the open road. Of yes. How we're going to interview this lovely man. So um, good to see you. I know it's slightly strange uh, in New York and Washington, D.C. and in America yeah. at the moment. Mm. I am right. You are based in NYC, aren't you? Obviously. Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Lovely. So uh, a clearing for you, first of all. So this is the podcast that brings you the clearing. What mm. is a clearing, either metaphorically or literally for you, Jay? You know, I, I just love seeing the empty space of a stage. I have two answers to that question. I think they're they're kind of related, even though they're completely different spaces. For me, emotionally, it is being on the Delaware shore, lying on the sand and letting the gravity just pull my ever-increasing girth down into the sand and feeling the earth under me. Same thing applies to <laughs> being in an empty theater, big black open space. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by you know, seeing the ground, seeing that there's plenty of space to run around or lie down and get physically into attacking the space. So it's a literal clearing, a nice empty beach at around 4.30 in the afternoon or late at night, a uh, nice, dark, clean theater space for me. Lovely answer. And I started thinking about a beached whale, but not you, dear, when you were oh, talking about getting the, to... Tourists tried to push me in last time. They called, uh, <laughs> they called, in, a, they called in a bulldozer. <laughs> As a good God, I've been harpooned. I'm exactly. sure you haven't. <laughs> the marine biologist showed up very upset. And for those of you watching the sort of Zoom film version of this, Jay is by no means a beached whale. He's a, he's a, you're a very tall man as well, Jay, aren't you? I know you don't, you look about four inches on my screen, but how tall are you? <laughs> I'm eight feet tall. Eight feet tall. That yeah. is awesome. it's, it's quite something. Yeah. I remember when I first met you, you know when you've had a Jay hug. It's great. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, did I hurt you? No, you're just, I'm quite big. I'm sort of six, well, I'm shrinking. I'm six one, but actually I, I got measured next to my daughter recently. She's going, oh no, you're not. So I'm between oh, no. six, six one. Um, but how tall are you? I'm six three. I, I knew you were slightly bigger anyway. It's not a competition, but you're bigger <laughs> or more awesome. <laughs> well, the hug, you know, if, if you mean it was a vigorous hug. Yeah, I try not to stop until I feel their spine and their sternum kiss a little bit. And then, and then we're done with the hug. That's the technique you're going for. I understand yeah. now with hindsight. It's loving. It, it is. And I, I love you for that right back. <laughs> so, yes, well, we may or may not talk about working voices. Do you want to go into a breakout room right now, Chris? Let's Would do that... that. Hey, okay. let's go straight down there. <laughs> Hunker down. Um, I'll bring a harpoon and all will be awesome. <laughs> so we're in your clearing, either on the Delaware beach, as I understood it, and also in the, in the empty space. So I'm going to bring a tree into your clearing now. So it's your choice. Do we bring the tree into the beach uh, vista or do we bring it into the theatre space? What Let's bring it into the beach. And it, as, as cliche as it may be, it's a nice leaning, you know, coconut tree where there can be a 
hammock attached to it, but it is something that provides some shade, some structure, and is climbable. You're the first person that's made it a coconut tree, so let's shake your coconuts. I love that. Because normally I'm wibbling on about apples and let's shake your tree to see which apples fall out. So let's shake your coconut tree to see which coconut milk and, and things come wow. out. And okay, yeah. Hmm. So, um, and this is now the wonderful exercise um, using the tree, a metaphor of a storytelling exercise called 54321, yeah. where you've had five minutes or as long as you needed, uh, Mr. J. Roderick, to think about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you. Two things that never fail, whoo, squirrels, to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And then one quirky or unusual fact about you that we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. Um, you can shake the coconuts as you'd like. So just get on the mm -hmm. open road and just tell us, go wherever you'd like and pluck your coconuts to your heart's content. Mm. Four things that shaped me. And... Uh, this is where some some comedy screeching to a halt happens my losing my dad nearly 30 years ago definitely shaped me um uh, coming out after his death shaped me and uh my ex-partner uh very frequently would tell me that my gap card got lost in the mail that i'm the world's least uh, fabulous uh, gay person you'll ever meet <laughs> <laughs> Um, so losing a parent, coming out, um, going to acting school and... Hold that thought. So how old yeah. were you when your father died, if you don't mind? 23, 23. And, 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 so, and did you nearly come out before his death or was this just all combined? You know, the gap right? card lost in the mail. I was pretty clueless about myself until late in life, late in life. Uh, and I could tell a bunch of bad jokes about uh, how I didn't know it. Uh, I, my very first Halloween costume was uh, a, a witch, a female witch, and that's fine. Uh, gender fluidity early on. Like and, that. Um, so, and Wizard of Oz was my favorite movie from early on. So uh, there should have been no surprise. That, no that's, surprise. that's one of the big things, isn't it? Dorothy is the main gay icon. Yeah. Complete with red shoes and... Yellow Brick Road and all that shablang. Shablang, <laughs> exactly. I could have That's told you. That's my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> shablang. So, uh, yeah, that that was uh, um, that was over half my life ago. Um, as well as now, just to position the timeline. I am I am fifty summers old. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, sorry, really, you. so your dad. No, it was really it was really fun to turn fifty during the pandemic. It was a real hoot and nanny. We really did it up as a party. Um, I think I had a cupcake from the supermarket, and uh, you know watched um, Columbo reruns. Party uh, on, dude! I love that. <laughs> um, so I would say that, and and moving to New York. So acting school, moving to New York, the death of a parent, and. And coming out, four things that essentially shaped me uh, as a kid who grew up in suburban Maryland in a rural area in a pretty conservative area, not a not a backwoods, you know, not Alabama, but uh, definitely a, a small town where my mom and sister still happily reside. Lovely place, uh, but um, those are those are the four big smacks to the gob that happened for me. 
And they were a bit of a... They happened quickly as after your father's the advent of your father's demise. Yeah, that... I mean, all of these things happened around the same time. So I like to condense the things that shaped me into yes. a short period of time. So it all the, all the pain happens all at once. And, and it's just so been easy, smooth sailing since then. Oh, no problems. So your authentic self was post your father. And what was your relationship like with your father? I'm not trying to analyze you. I'm just asking that yeah. question. He was a great guy, really funny man. Uh, like him, uh, I have a pretty uh, volcanic temper sometimes. He, unlike me, was a big athlete and um, uh, he played multiple sports, but uh, he also wasn't so overly uh, macho that he wasn't able and willing and happily affectionate with me. So he was a great guy, a workaholic. Um, and um, I just remember laughing with him a lot at things like, you know, Mel Brooks movies and and Carol Burnett, and he would laugh till tears were coursing down his face. And those are some of my best memories with him. Lovely. I imagine him looking like you, but I, I don't really know. It's just what I'm picturing. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely the same hairline. And he looked a lot like Jack Nicholson. Okay. Um, and now when I look in the mirror and I see you know, a 50-something man, I, I think, oh, dad, for a moment each time. Yes. So, yeah. Lovely stuff. And and you did mention, but but um, did you mention a sister in the mix there? How many siblings do you have? Uh, sister in the mix. Uh, that's, that's, that's how we, that's how we think of her. We actually mixed her up from a, from a dry, a dry kit. And <laughs> she, she, she is a wonderful young woman. Um, she's a, a therapist, works with uh, youth who are struggling with mental health. She is a saint. She is a wonderful mother to, to, to a wonderful niece and nephew of mine. She and I, uh, to this day, act like idiots on the phone together doing really, really obnoxious uh, voices. We call it the Maryland uh, hag. And so it's this old woman that sits on a sits out on her porch and smokes and has a bad Maryland accent, you know. <laughs> and we just laugh and laugh, and it's funny to no one but us. But we scream laughing about these ridiculous characters we play. But she's, and you're, you're both doing the same characters as yeah. the siblings swinging in the chair on the veranda. Yeah, it's really it's really very sad. It's a whole picture in the mind of curlers and and house coats and you know, tobacco stained teeth. Um, and, and these are characters that are from, from our childhood. These are, these would be our mentors. <laughs> I love that. It's very Larson-esque is what I'm hearing as well then. Mm. Mm. Larson-esque meaning? Oh, like Larson, the cartoonist Larson. Oh, Gary Larson. Gary oh, yeah. Larson. Oh yeah, with the, the cat's yes. eye glasses, absolutely in the beehives, yes. Nailed yes. It. Yep. Yes, and yes, and we love that. <laughs> so we're we're still there, about to um, talk about now. Thing three things that inspire you. Mm -hmm. Um. Dance. I'm not a dancer, but I'm inspired by watching dance. And uh, there's a great. I mean, there's many great dance outfits. Love watching Astaire and Rogers. Love watching the Nicholas Brothers tap dance. These are all acts from back in the day. And. And love watching a group out of Philly called Palabolus. They they are dancers, but also athletes and acrobats, and just the strength and agility involved. Mm. I envy that. Um, it's I leave it feeling supercharged, uh, even though I'm not nearly uh, that adept. I'm inspired by that. 
Um, I'm inspired by the courage of people to stand up. Uh, the folks in uh, Georgia this week who uh, voted, stood out there for hours. Uh, the especially women of color who organized that vote, who continue to drive what progress there is politically in our country. So I'm inspired by that. Again, uh, this this soapbox I'm on is a little wobbly. That's I'm actually only five foot two, but the soapbox <laughs> I'm on makes me six foot three. Um, and uh, my mother inspires me. My mother is a really funny lady. She is dry. She is uh, in humor. And she is a fearless traveler when she can return to traveling, I'm sure she will. And uh, she and I laugh, she's really irreverent. And so she, she is both someone who's really given a lot to her community, but also in the family laughs constantly at herself and taught me a lot Lovely. about um, that growing up. Wonderful. And are, these two, are these two, uh, two sincere? Should no, I no, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, 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 it's steeped in your admiration of courage and mm. people who have, a, you know, an, an energy through the dance. You made me think of uh, Wilson, Keppel and Betty whilst you were talking. You know, they did the sand dance. Oh, wow. Tell um, me more about that. I know a tiny bit about that. It's, it's a sort of old black and white film of, of three guys wearing Egyptian gears, get, and, and they do a, a, an Egyptian sand dance. But I don't know why. You just made me think of that when you were describing your love of energy and dance called Wilson, Keppel and Betty, I think it is. But Are they a um, British act from the old days? Yes, but it, a, a very sort of grainy black and white uh, okay. film kicks into action. Because I, I love Laurel and Hart. In the, in the yeah. silent comedy vein, who are your favourite heroes? Um, Buster Keaton's fabulous um, and, and, and Chaplin, uh, although I, like you, am a huge Laurel and Hardy fan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I still watch it. It, it makes me shriek. Um, the physical commitment, the <laughs> cartoonish violence uh, kills me. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I, uh, uh, the, uh, the heart too. I watched recently um, The General, Keaton's yes. epic, and I'd forgotten, or maybe just had been white privilege blinders on, that it's a, it heroizes a Confederate. And so it's hard to watch that now. It's hard to find it funny or, or amusing it is still an unbelievable production that, yes. that they managed to somehow it looks like he's actually on a train that's out of and maybe he is uh, I don't yes. know how Keaton didn't die in every picture he made but um, for, for lefty geniuses give me Chaplin uh, anytime yeah brilliant lovely and uh, we're into, I think we're into the place of two things that never fail to grab your attention now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if there's some overlap, by the way, because you're, yeah. you're giving me lots of uh, lovely resonance here anyway. But uh, I'm a huge food person, more and more so during uh, COVID. And, uh, you know, if uh, I, the olfactory attention is going to get me first. So something that reminds me of a Maryland crab boil from my childhood with the old bay seasoning and the steam and the umami and the mess and the bib and the gore and the guts and the, all of that stuff. Um, if I see or smell something like that, I am immediately brought back to childhood and immediately wanted right away so well, not love, much of well, impulse control thank you for the word olfactory as well i love that 
a, a crab You're boil, welcome. an olfactory. Oh, that. yeah. It's a real olfactory. In Maryland, we might say, you going down to the olfactory? <laughs> that's where they make them things, you know. And um, uh, so that definitely gets my attention. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, if I'm uh, thinking about what's visually get, gets my attention, uh, I had a different answer for this when we spoke recently, Chris, but I, I recently was just flipping channels as I do not infrequently now in the pandemic and just came across old Mel Brooks uh, work, uh, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, uh, and and the brilliance of that film. It, very controversial, probably couldn't be made today, but Fearless, it's Richard Pryor's work. And just uh, anytime there is really intelligent, old school, fearless, satirical, um, especially uh, racism puncturing stuff, that really gets yes. my attention. I love that stuff. And Gene Wilder, by the way, was a Bristol Old Vic alumni, I, I believe. No kidding. And that's where I was. And so, um, yeah. So you mentioned huh. Frankenstein, which made me think, yeah. so. Uh, uh, or, or do you mean Marty Feldman? No, I think I mean Gene Wilder. Oh. I, I could be, um, be hashtag awkward if I've got that wrong, but I'll, I'll check my facts and get back okay. to you. And then I can do okay. a disclaimer if I've got that completely wrong. <laughs> uh, but both of them uh, and and the amazing um, uh, Cleavon Little in... Um, in uh in blazing it just i it's just always i i've seen it a million times the minute it's on tv i'll watch it and mel brooks is still with us isn't he and mm -hmm. he's had a lifelong lifelong wonderful friend who died recently yeah he? carl reiner carl uh Ryan, they they you. were they were all but a married couple at the end i gather having dinner together every night as two yes. widowers and uh, reiner was brilliant yeah uh, sharp up until the end i understand and mel brooks is still going and in his 90s and uh that's that that is truly inspiring to me too wonderful and a quirky or unusual fact about you that we couldn't possibly know until you now tell us uh i'm bald no okay let's <laughs> let's have <laughs> let, <laughs> let's have a better one okay. um uh you know i i would um you know, a quirky or unusual fact, you, you, you teed me up for this and I've been hemming and hawing on this um, the whole time. I, I'll go with, I am an ordained, online ordained minister who has officiated a wedding. Uh, it was one of those cheap and quick ordinations, but they actually took it seriously. And somewhere out there are two dear friends of mine who are actually married through the powers vested in me. You have a certificate and everything? I do. They sent you a certificate. They sent me. They didn't send you the certificate unless... I didn't get did it. Did you forward that to me? Okay. I didn't. I had nothing to do with your certification. You, you are my attorney of record. <laughs> um, they sent me a... <laughs> I think they sent me a PDF or a JPEG of the certificate, but somehow it is legal. That's the, the gravity with which we take matrimony. Yes. in the states the thing that is fought over and bled well, jay, over jay said i was married so i must exactly <laughs> My, i know someone who actually got their dog ordained and the dog um was positioned as the cleric and the officiant in something so oh and on. forgive me are you and chip married we are not oh, okay but um we are in every way except for that uh -huh. um 
And uh, let's, uh, yeah. Moving on, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) My feet are awfully cold. Yeah. And now we're moving you on away from the tree. We've we've finished shaking your coconuts, yeah. and thank you for delighting me with your coconuts. I love I love your coconuts. Please and enjoy. You did mention you're bald, and now I'm thinking of a coconut in a good way. That's right. Lovely. It's, it's now pretty we... much a watery mass inside there too. So, a lovely mushy cake in within. Yep. The dome of awesomeness that is Jay Roderick. So uh, we're now we're still in the clearing. We've still got your coconut tree. You can get in and out of the hammock as you please. And now it's going very Desert Island Discs now. And now you're going into the clearing uh, to explore something called alchemy and gold now. So it's open to interpretation, a lovely, delicious storytelling metaphor. When you are at purpose and in flow, Jay Roderick, what is it you love to bring when you're either teaching or instructing or acting? Just what's alchemy and gold represent for you? Um, I think it's when people, when I see physically a manifestation of people relaxing and laughing when I see my when I feel my introverts face relax like I always do with you Chris when I'm in a room with as an instructor or frankly in a uh, around a dinner table uh, when I see people get into that position where they are letting themselves be vulnerable when I see the shoulders go down and if I can be some small part of um, being a good listener to people like you are to me right now the gold is when people laugh in a work environment, uh, when they're able to laugh in what may be a difficult, uh, perhaps even without saying so much, uh, a recovery or, or, or self-healing environment. Yes. If people are dealing with addiction or dealing with recovery in some way and they're able to laugh about that. So I think, I think, I think laughter, kind, um uh discovery based laughter is a sacred thing uh not nasty attacking laughter but that that for me if i can be some small part of that that is the alchemy and the gold i love that answer the shoulder drop the alchemy of the release of laughter and the freedom implicit within that that's beautiful love that wow. so uh, we are now at the point where i'm going to award you with a cake uh, where you're going to put oh. a cherry on your cake. So any particular like it, the type of cake we like here? Oh, oh, absolutely. German chocolate cake with, wait for it, coconut. Okie dokie. In the frosting. That wasn't pre-planned. German cake, chocolate with coconut. Okay. <laughs> I like that you've done the official name, German ch- German cake. Chocolate instead of German chocolate cake. It's nice. It's sort of a your the buddy official... Welcome. Right, exactly how the how they put it in a biology and, textbook. And in, in dropping a, a cheeky cherry onto your uh, German chocolate cake with coconut, or you can just flop a coconut in there if you like. So this is now, um, it's what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given is one way you could go here, or it could be mm-hmm. advice to your younger self. Yeah. I'm intrigued by your very powerful story of your father not knowing who you are going to become. But anyway, you can go where you like. So it's best piece of advice. I'm not trying to drive any direction. It's up to you. Uh, I remember very few things. My long-term memory (laughs) is not great. And this was said to me, I maybe six months before dad died, um, I was doing summer stock theater somewhere. And it was, I I and a bunch of folks were, were apprentices. 
And when you I'm said talking. summer sock theatre, do you mean summer society or, or you had <laughs> acting with Did sock? I say summer sock? Oh, That's what wow. I heard. Yeah. Um, summer. There's a million jokes there. Yeah, summer socks. Put on your summer socks and we're going to do some theatre. Summer stock theatre. Uh-huh. They may not have an equivalent in the UK, but it's 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 where where there are theatre productions happening in the summers and it's usually in a um, place out of a city. And in this case, it was up in beautiful Vermont. Uh, we worked our tails off, drank ourselves crazy every night, and uh, it was a group of us uh, all working really hard, and we got really thick as thieves, and uh, at one point, we all, as apprentices, got up on the stage, and the directors of the theater company had us each do a monologue, and I don't even remember what my monologue was, but I do remember one of my fellow apprentices, a woman who I had a huge crush on, so... I don't know where we go with that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I guess there's a spectrum of human experience. Um, she came up to me at the end and simply said, own your height, own your height. So for all the height jokes that we've had back and forth, uh, I was always someone who slouched, probably have on this call still, uh, but that idea of taking up the space, being enough, letting myself be okay with being who I am. Maybe it contributed to self-knowledge, who knows. But given that I remember almost nothing uh, from my early life and I'm really bad at remembering quotes, she said, own your height. And Just I took love that, that. Yeah, I it's, took it to took it to heart. It's, it's be the king. And I suppose it nudged you towards, I suppose, just who am I really, you know, standing here owning myself and with my my true majestic height i like well i I mean i won't call it majestic but just being just being comfortable in my body and as growing up as someone with an athlete father um uh with some issues around that and and kind of resenting sports and resenting athleticism and then and then all of the sexual social norms connected to being a jock or not being a jock and theater Yeah, yeah um i just walked around a lot of big chip on my shoulder and um I am by no means cured of having chips on my shoulder, but that uh, hearing her say that was so kind and so supportive and it meant a lot, still means a lot. Lovely, beautiful answer, stunning. And if I made, I mentioned at the beginning, the sort of seven ages of man mm-hmm. um, and all the men and women merely players and each man has his entrance, men and women have their entrances and their exits. And one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. Just to get a bit existential on your earth, how would you most like to be remembered, would you think, Mr. J. Roderick? Um, I'd like to be remembered as as a, well, I've been thinking a lot about on Zoom recently in the pandemic. Um, I have a compulsion to try and make people comfortable through laughing, creating jokes and hiding a little bit behind that. So as much as I'm trying to own my height, I'm still working on just being myself. So uh, I would like to have people remember me as a, as a, a loyal friend. Um, I've got some work, repair work to do on that. I have been out of touch with people for a long time, but I would like to be known as someone who is a loyal friend. I don't care if people think that I'm brilliant or funny I do want to be um, remembered as someone present in people's lives. 
and uh, as uh, having the best set of legs east of the Mississippi. Back to Dorothy. The, I couldn't just let it sit. I had to come back and do a little bit there. I know. I like you for the I yes know. and, the extra build. Yes and. And you, there goes Dorothy in the yellow brick road. There, exactly. With those beautiful um, legs with yellow tights, baby. Oh, yeah. Cross-gartered. How about that? Getting a little Malvolio. Shakespeare, right? Hey, huh? see yeah, what Mal you did. Have you played Malvolio? I would love to have played Malvolio. No, no. Never done Twelfth Night. I did see the Mark Rylance version, <sighs> which at which I busted a gut. Yes. That was screaming laughing. And was that was with um, Stephen Fry as well, was it? Yeah. That production. Mm -hmm. Malvolio. Mm -hmm. and, and Mark Rylance is, is one of my all-time, absolute all-time favorite actors. Of course. He's brilliant. And uh, I, I remember the, the physical choice he made in, in the walk, in the dress. Um, the, 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 the prim sort of bounce in yes. his petticoats. Um, like a dance really, choice, your love yeah, of dance. Yeah, well, yeah, the exactly. Implicit. And, and by the way, not to take anything away from that delicious Park point of view saying you just want to be remembered for somebody who is a loyal friend. And I, I just think that's so beautiful, lovely. Thanks. I mean, I, it seems a little generic. Uh, I think anyone can Ooh. say it, but I have to tell you, it, it's hard. It, 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 um, I've come by it the hard way because I, uh, I, I've spent a lot of years avoiding things, doing other things instead of building friendships. And so this pandemic and other things are, and even this conversation here is just trying to reconnect with people. I think yeah. that's really important, especially as all hell's breaking loose in our streets. Yes. And should our listeners want to find out more about uh, Mr. J. Roderick, where can we find out more about you on the interweb? Because we haven't talked about Centralia. You can you know, plug plug what you'd like to do about where we can find out more about you. Um, Centralia's got a podcast that uh, is on um, Facebook, and I am I'm not a part of it, but I fully endorse it. I, I consider it my family, and we interview a lot of improvisers. We uh, share our our thoughts on things and. Um, you know, we're, we're four middle-aged white guys, so that, that is limit of limited appeal in and of itself, uh, I get. Um, but yeah, we are present on Facebook that way. Uh, I'm not a big social media guy um, uh, in terms of what I post. I follow it way too much, but um, BizProv is is an entity that uh, that I have put together and um, and we do a lot of business work. So I'm not going to plug the business here with yeah, you. You're, right you're very now. welcome. It's wherever you want to go on the open road of this is your moment in the sunshine. So yeah, bizprovgroup.com is uh, is my little little effort uh, working with groups and organizations to try and bring a little bit more playfulness. Also, I uh, am rolling out uh, something that's more about writing with a dear friend from years ago. And that's one of the friendships I'm really grateful has, has uh, deepened and enriched. Jeff Petru and I are working on something called the Writing Games. And that is something we're rolling out and piloting right now. He's probably going to kill me for unveiling it right now. But it's uh, trying to apply the principles of improvisation and even meditation. Uh, to writing. And as someone who's just mostly blabbed and improvised in his creative life, the idea of actually on paper uh, becoming more of a writer is so cool. 
And Love that. uh, that's something I'm working on too. Lovely. And w- I've, I've known you since 2010 because we also met through the wonderful entity that is Working Voices as well. Um, and I, you do evoke loyalty. I, I, if I was there I'd, and it was appropriate uh, in the pandemic times, I'd give you a, a big hug back and get, Likewise. Your, get your own spine to meet your sternum right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, you know, you're, you're a, a, a dear guy. You, uh, you're one of those people that, uh, though we don't speak very often, I feel like there's an instant, and the minute we met, there was an instant affinity and um, ease and uh, you, you make me laugh so damn much. You're a great dad. You're a great, courageous person who walks the talk and lives his art. And also you've somehow managed to look younger and younger as the years have gone by. So uh, you looked like hell 10 years ago. Now you look like a strapping <laughs> young stud. Thank you very much. I, I love I will take that compliment, you lovely man. So um, you have been listening to the gorgeous Jay Roderick on the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. Uh, thank you very much indeed for sharing your story and for joining me in the clearing for your moment in the sunshine, Mr. Roderick. Thanks, Good Chris. Night. And I appreciate you making me more gorgeous for keeping it mostly a listened to experience for people. I, I've got a face for radio. <laughs> Good night. Good night. You've been listening to the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If you've enjoyed the program, then please do subscribe on all the usual channels. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the program too, and I'm hosted on Buzzsprout. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do. And then on Twitter and Instagram, at that Chris Grimes. Also, if you'd be interested in having some coaching from me to help you level up your confidence, your personal impact or your brand, then contact me via email, chris at secondcurve.uk. So until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.